Listen, blessings, everyone. This is Clem and... Alfred. Despite our many differences, we've defied the odds and we're still together after 20 plus years, three-ish kids, and being in fitness business together. She's a Christian boo-boo. He's Muslim. She's Filipino. He's African-American. She's a plant-based vegan wannabe. And he's carnivore. We're discussing these and so many other differences. We've defied the odds. Now we want to give you hope and spread more joy into the world. Thanks for sharing life with us let's get started all right episode one we're excited to start our new show together yes we are lots of great new adventures lately for us our son just turned 21 a couple days ago he did and we have a 15 year old who will be 16 real soon so they're growing up fast and we have a 25-year-old in Vallejo, California, who will be moving here. Is she really? Possibly. Okay. On her 26th birthday. That's Alfred's uh, Alfred's daughter when he moved, when he lived in California. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're no. talking about last names and yeah. how we met. Last names and how this all came together. <laughs> okay. We don't share the same last name. Nor do we share the same story as to how we met. Yeah, let's start with the last name first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we don't have the same last name. His is... Rauf. Mine's is Lafreitas. And we met when I was very young. We met when I was 21. I just started kicking it. And I think I was 26. Yes. And I was at the tail end of kicking it. Right. That's when men actually started getting serious about their future. I actually came home from college looking for a wife. I said, that's it. I'm done. Did you really? I did. I said, I'm, I'm coming home. Get me a wife. What? I'm ready to go. Okay. That, that, should ex- that probably explains the premonition I had when I was leaving the club. Okay. Let's just start there. I was leaving... This is before we, we we met. We met in the spring. I know it was spring because it was Easter. Our first date was on Easter. And we met like a week before Easter. Or we met a little bit right before Easter. But it wasn't the first time I saw him. I saw him. I was leaving a reggae club in San Jose, California, downtown called The Beehive. And... The night that I went, there's lots of clubs. And I was leaving the Beehive to cross the street to the hip-hop club called... Cactus Club. Cactus Club. And Alfred was leaving the Cactus Club to come across the street to go to the Beehive. Were you there with any friends? It had to be Jamal. (laughs) Okay. So I was leaving the Beehive, and I believe I was with LaToya. Because I was kicking it with LaToya at that time. And then we were going across the street to go to the club... And about six to eight feet away from me, we intersected, but at a distance. Like, we crossed the street, and we I looked. It was on this side, on my left shoulder. I looked to my left, and Alfred's passing me. He was wearing a black leather vest. <laughs> Did you think you are a cowboy back then? <laughs> Did you think you are a cowboy? <laughs> you weren't shirtless. You had a black leather vest and I think some jeans. And I believe it was a mustard yellow button-up shirt. That was me. That's <laughs> the only reason why I believed her when she said the story. Because I actually wore that <laughs> outfit a few times. Yeah. And it was not a cute outfit. So 
I was crossing it the caught your eye. <laughs> that wasn't what caught my eye. I don't know what caught my eye. So I was crossing the street. He cro- He was crossing the street, same exact time. I looked over my left shoulder, and a voice said that I was marrying him, which I thought was very strange because we hadn't even met yet, and I was kind of dating two other people, or not really dating, just interviewing possibilities with two other people. And I was merely running across the street to the beehive to <laughs> you see what was cracking. You were going across. So we didn't actually meet till the spring after. It was around March and we met. This is my story. Well, okay, you tell your story. Well, my story is I was at work at 24-Hour Fitness on Parkmore and I saw Clements doing her calves, had her shoulders in the in the machine, calf doing the calf machine. raises and <laughs> I go to I, my friend Jamal was there, and I said, "Hey Jamal, that girl over there is pretty. She's uh, she's cute." And he said, <laughs> "He says don't even bother. She's weird." And I looked at him. I said, "Jamal, you just ain't had no game." So I walked over there and not I weird. Talked to her a little bit. Asked her uh, what what she was working on. She said she's working on her calves, and I just kind of chopped it up a little bit. And then uh, on her way out. She was walking to her car. I got her phone number. I really think that you may have... You just look at girls at the calf machine because <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> and you must have been talking to somebody else at the calf machine. <laughs> was another girl at the calf machine, Alfred? It was you. Oh, it was not. So this is what really happened. <laughs> so we met in the spring and then my roommate Aaron who really liked Jamal Jamal works out at my gym which is the McKee 24 Fitness in San Jose that's where I worked and she ran into him there and he invited us he said that he was going to San Jose live and he's like well you guys should come I think he met her she should come but then I was coming along. Or he said he was going to bring people or whatever. Anyways, I came to San Jose Live because Aaron really liked Jamal. And um, I met Alfred there. We were sitting at the bar. I remember that I was drinking a vodka crayon. I don't know what you were drinking. <laughs> Probably, Probably nothing gin. from there because I always get drunk first. <laughs> he was already drunk. Anyways, he... Uh, Save money. <laughs> drinking the parking lot. So... We don't even drink anymore. That's a whole nother story for another day. So we met there, and then he told me while we were at the bar that he only dates black girls. So I just kind of backed off and left that alone. And then maybe a week or two later, he sees me at the gym because I work out at his gym. And he followed me into the parking lot. I was driving my red Corolla at the time. And he gave me his phone number and I gave him mine. I still have it somewhere. That did not happen. It happened like like that. that. That's how it happened. It did not. And then I was like, why is he asking for my phone number? He only dates black girls. (laughs) That's how it happened. We met at the gym first. We met at the club first. And another thing is, I thought she was black because she had just came back from Hawaii. She was super dark, and she had these long braids. I thought she was a red bone. Until one day, 
She picks up the phone and she's talking to her mom in Tagalog. And I was like, wait a minute. You sound like my grandmother. How are you speaking Tagalog? Are you black and Filipino the way I am? She said, no, I'm all Filipino. But it was too late already. <laughs> I already known her for two weeks. And I was done. We was actually at Matt, uh, Matt Lindsay's party. My friend Matt, he had a party at a, at a hotel. Oh, yep. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's our story. But at any rate, we're here. We're we here. have different stories. We're still here 20 years later. <laughs> and I have a different last name. You want to talk about that? Well, you know, when we got uh, married, I was we, didn't, we didn't put a whole lot of emphasis on on uh, on the last name or, or carrying the last name. I never, it ne- didn't really bother me all that much i know it did make things a little difficult at times mm, or uncomfortable it when, wasn't so difficult well yeah maybe uncomfortable i guess it wasn't difficult for me because <laughs> the children have my last name so it was i know okay so the, the the thing about having different last names is you get like side you know side remarks or more like a tone of voice of you have different last names or why do you have different last names? Oh, you have different last names. I mean, kind of like that, but it doesn't happen all the time. It just happened, you know, enough to where you remember it. This is back in the nineties. So we weren't like all feminist movement back then, but people assumed that I was because (laughs) I kept my last name and then people assumed it must be a Filipino thing. But I really think for me, it was more that, um, I was young when we got married. I met you at 21, got married 22. I was still like becoming an adult, like officially I'm an adult and I'm still having to figure out my own identity, who I am. But on top of that is that I really felt like there was a connection to my family having my last, keeping my last name where like in the Spanish culture, um, in the Spanish culture, people keep all the last names from all the ancestors, you know, Mendoza, Castillo, Lafreda, you just keep all of them, where when in America, you get three boxes, you get a first, middle, and last, and that's it, so you kind of have to give up your whole history and whole ancestry for your new spouse, and I don't know if I was ready to do all that, plus, at that time, Alfred didn't changed he didn't he was he was really a pemberton yeah but she didn't know that i didn't know that. <laughs> i just knew that a few yeah. years ago he just finally legally changed his name like two or three years ago my last name my the pemberton last name has a lot of history behind it as yeah, well it does you know i have a lot of cousins there's a whole city of pembertons um i love history history is my favorite and that's not lost it's still there even though this is the first generation of of Rauf's. Mm-hmm. That we that we have, and uh, to be honest, there's only one other boy that is a Rauf. My brother Abraham had two daughters, so they're more than likely lose their last names. Um, but I get it. There's some history behind it. I and I'm a history buff, so I love everything history: Egyptian history, biblical history, like history of countries. I'm into that stuff. And so when Alfred, when Alfred said he's the only Rahu, there's not like a whole bunch of, you know, three or four generations back. 
No, let me be quiet. We'd have to start from scratch. <laughs> We're not making any more. We are done. <laughs> We're done having kids. It's up to little Alfred to do his diligence. Yes. Thing. So, but okay. As a man, I remember when I first got married or got together, I, uh, a man asked me, how was it as a woman? This is 1998, I think. Yeah, because my son, wasn't he born in 98? Mm -hmm. Alfred was born in 98. So this is around 9-11, and Muslims were not getting, still not getting a good rap about things. And people really questioned, you know, my choice of getting married to a Muslim, and how does it feel to be a woman getting married to a Muslim, Muslim, and did I, you know, now that I'm under control or someone's property, and, and I think keeping my last name kind of let people know that I'm not anyone's property. And that's why she really <laughs> kept her last name. That's not <laughs> why. I don't think that's why. Her sister kept her last name. <laughs> and he's not Muslim, so. She kept her last but your mom didn't. My mom didn't. She didn't. But she no. gets to keep Castillo as her middle name. Well, as we've discussed in the past, in Islam, there's no compulsion in religion, and there's definitely no what compulsion does that mean? in... For you those who don't have not, a dictionary. You are not... You cannot force anyone into doing anything. Everything is by choice. So, no compulsion in religion means you can't... You know, I can't force my wife to be a Muslim. She could be a Christian if, if she... That's what she does. That's what she does. I supported it. I went to church with her. Um, I saw, and believe it or not, I saw a lot of brothers in there that I see on Friday in the mosque that were also married to Christian women. Or, uh, yeah, so we um, we can't force our wives to to do to do anything. It's, we really can't force them to take our last name. If they want to, they can. That is their choice, and that's how we how we left it. It really wasn't a big. Uh, discussion. No, we didn't I don't even know if it. I even asked her to take my last name. We it's, did not. I just assumed since you didn't ask, I didn't have to. Yeah, it's not. That's not a bit. We have bigger, bigger challenges. We have lots of, of bigger challenges. What last name to take? Like, <laughs> am I going to give up my bank account? We're going to have a joint bank account. <laughs> like, I need to keep. You know, I need to keep my money in, in my account, and you keep your money in your account. Nope. That works for Abraham, but that doesn't work for us. No, it doesn't. And by the way, Abraham's my brother. So, but there are men who would find, even if you're not Muslim, there are non-Muslim men who have an issue with women who don't take their last name, even have issues if their wives cut their hair. I hear that a lot. Oh, my, I can't cut my hair. My husband won't let me. And I'm like, huh? It's their choice. Yeah. It's also their choice to be married to that man who won't let them cut their hair. <laughs> but I just, I just want to show you. It's real that simple out there. Happy wife, happy life. You want to keep your last name? Keep your last name. I just want to watch the game, and it's not game the football the- game. It's the game of thrones. But it's really nice that we're shedding some light on what doesn't get discussed a lot is uh, in Islam, and not. A, I don't even think it's just. Like, we would assume, oh, because, you know, Iraq does it, Iran, or just these different cultures and other countries, this is the norm. But 
we're not going by culture because you're not a Middle Eastern, so you're not going mm. by any cultural norm. Right. You're just reading it out of your Quran. Yeah. Nowhere in the Quran does it say that I've read that it says that a woman has to take the husband's last name when they get married. And I can I could pull out a number of times where it says there's no compulsion in religion. And I just take that across the board. You just, you just do not force people to do anything that they don't want to do. It's all free will. We are human beings who have free will to do that which we want. We cannot force anyone to do anything. And if you do, you're probably not going to get the result that you think that you're getting by forcing the hand. So let them live the life they want to live. Yeah. And recently we attended a, um, a panel of Muslim women at the Redmond Mosque. And one of them was saying how like the Islamic religion or faith is very feminist. It's a feminist religion, meaning there's so much um, favor towards the women. Like we have more freedoms than the rest of the media portrays where it comes to money, when it comes to how she dresses and how she lives, um, what religion she chooses. There's a lot more freedom than what media seems to tell us about how women are to be don't you think mm, it's not think i know there's <laughs> definitely women in in the quran there's more uh written in regards to women's rights versus men's rights women's they have a lot of rights that most people don't <laughs> don't know about because they i don't know if they're just afraid to read the book or they don't read the book but it's there and it's clear you know they can they they have their free will to do as they as they wish khadijah the prophet his his wife she was a an entrepreneur she had her own business so it's it's not like a woman can't work i don't know where they get this thing where they don't these some of these guys don't let their women drive they or won't read let them read they go won't to let school them leave the house they want them uneducated it sounds like more of a control issue yeah that and from what i can see that's more of a cultural thing there's going to be a a whole lot of people out there who may not like me saying that but it's true it's more of a cultural thing nowhere in the quran does it say that your thou wife shall not read <laughs> nor leave the house at any time unless the husband says so it doesn't it doesn't say that in there yeah N nowhere in there that's more of a cultural thing so what we were able to do is 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 because um, most people they a lot of our friends actually had written us off you know your marriage yeah. won't last you're unequally yoked which is why we named this podcast Clem and Alfred unequally yoked <laughs> I don't know how many times we heard that yes and you know most of those people are either divorced um, some of them unhappy unhappy. Hey, but we were unhappy for a long time, too. Or I was. Well, life isn't all about bells and whistles. But, you know. We made it. And now it's sweeter and, and better and than we're, ever. We're making it. Yeah. We're making it. We're putting in the work and, and making it making it happen. But, we, you know, we don't have those, those cultural things, cultural barriers in the way. We both love God. Yeah. Which is that's which the is common great. denominator. A Muslim man can marry a non-Muslim woman. There's no problem with that. We we cannot force them to become a Muslim. 
Even though there may be some out there who have tried, you can't put that on the faith that's on the person. And we'll discuss that more on another episode, our two different faiths. Yeah. Yes, we will. But today we discussed different last names and our different <laughs> different views of how we met. We designed, or I designed, Manifest Miracle Cards. And it was mostly to help people have hope and start thinking at a higher vibration of positive um, view of your future. And this card today says, I know there are unseen forces working behind the scenes on my behalf. And I really believe that being married to Alfred was um, orchestrated, like divinely orchestrated. And all those times that I wanted to give up on our marriage and call it quits, I just had think back of when we first not met but when I first had a premonition of us being married and that and I always brings me back to that there are unseen forces working behind the scenes on my behalf so if you ever feel lost or give up hope or you think things aren't working because it doesn't look right just remember there's unseen forces working behind the scenes on your behalf and if you really, really, truly want something and you continually work for it, I know you hear this all the time. Don't, never give up. Never give up. Don't quit. You just quit. don't know. If you keep fighting for it, you will get it. I see it as a test. You know, there's going to be peaks and valleys, but at Has the end of the day... you been testing me this whole time? been testing you. It's been testing me. There'll be peaks and valleys, but in the end, you should see that you're continually improving... And it might be a slow process, but, you know, patience is a virtue. Yeah. All right. That's episode one. That's it. Thanks for joining us. Follow us on Facebook, Clement Alfred. Is that the Game of Thrones? Oh, my gosh. And Instagram. Instagram. Instagram, Clement Alfred, Unequally Yoked. That's our podcast. Thanks for coming along. I just have to say that I'm very proud of you both for doing these podcast i'm enjoying them very much truly yours tammy jackson matthews love you both